I'm Brandon Reed, and you're listening to Real Estate for the Rest of Us, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the world of real estate investing. I want to cut through all the industry jargon and instead serve up actionable and unintimidating information that you can use in your own real estate journey. I interview real estate professionals, and we talk about their real-life experiences. It's real simple. Now let's get into the show. In today's episode, I talk with Sarah Farmer. Sarah is one of those people that the moment you meet her, you know she's a doer, someone that presses and makes things happen in her world. And that was one of the reasons I was excited to interview her for the show today. Another reason was her experience in short-term rental properties. There are many factors to consider when deciding if short or long-term renting is the right play with any given property. What Sarah does in this episode is detail out some of the factors that she considers when making that decision in her own investments. She offers extremely helpful and actionable tips for anyone considering short-term rental properties. So get your pen and paper ready because you'll want them for this one. I hope that in this interview, you find practical insights that you can learn from or directly apply as you continue on your own journey in real estate. And now, here's my conversation with Sarah. All right, guys, we have Sarah Farmer with us today. Sarah, how are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Definitely doing good. Um, Really excited to have you on the show. We... We met not too long ago um, as you had a property that I was interested in um, and still interested in. We'll see if it works out, um, but we're still, uh, we were just still in touch. And I'd seen, Sarah, that you, you know, were really active in the Central Florida real estate community, asked if you wanted to be on the show and you were all about it. So here you are and uh, super excited to hear your insight. So uh, thanks for taking the time. Um, let's, sure. let's thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's jump right in, um, to get a little bit of background on you. Um, how long have you been, uh, in the real estate world investing or just in real estate in general? Um, and how did you first get involved in it? Um, well, I guess the short answer would be that I did end up, um, passing my test in December of 2017. So that's whenever I was able to get my actual real estate license, which it did take me three times. Um, it was nice. the hardest test that I ever took. Um, <laughs> and I have, you know, a bachelor's degree and associate's degree. <laughs> so that was interesting. So, I mean, really, I've been in real estate for maybe two and a half years. Okay. Um, and I really got into real estate whenever I decided to sell my own home in Apopka in about summer of 2017. And then I met a real estate agent that really inspired me. And kind of, you know, checked me out and said, hey, you should be a real estate agent. So I've been in real estate, you know, professionally since December of 2017, whenever I uh, received my license or earned it, I guess. Nice. (laughs) Amazing class. Um, But I've been in real estate my whole life. Um, My grandparents raised me until I was 12 and they were kind of, um, you know, they were always renting or, you know, they own houses and they rented them out and, you know, were kind of, you know, real estate tycoons in their own little way. So I was kind of born into it, but professionally I've been doing it since December, 2017. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, it sounds like you got into it as an agent. Um, what are you currently up to today? Are you still, um, an agent? Are you, uh, going into venturing into other areas of real estate? What are you up to now? Um, I am definitely a hundred percent into being a real estate agent and I love it. 
Uh, real estate has not slowed down through the pandemic. We have actually um, stayed steady and staying strong. Our That's rates great. are at the yeah, they are at the lowest they've ever been. Uh, we are doing a personal refinance on one of our properties, and we're at two point five percent APR. Wow, wow. Um, yeah, so we're at a historical lows, but we're also at like a historical times as far as everything that's going on. But real estate has stayed true. Um, so just to differentiate, you know, what's going on, we're having a public health crisis, not a real estate, you know, crisis. So that's been good for me professionally, um, because the other side of me, you know, is event business and type stuff, which has definitely been shut down in Airbnb, uh, mm-hmm. because of the travel bans. But, you know, real estate is still staying true as far as rentals and sales and, you know, um, you know, just keeping the sales going as far as buying and selling real estate or leases and whatnot. It's still going true. So I am in that. I currently have um, three listings and a bunch of people in the pipeline and so many people that have good credit and they have their money to invest. They are investing now because the rates are so low. Sure. You know, so it's, it's, it's like a very interesting time in real estate because a lot of people have different views of what's going on. But those that are smart, I would say, not saying that people that aren't, but if you're smart, <laughs> you're investing because we're at very, you know, record lows as far as sure. um, no mortgage rates. Yeah, definitely. Well, you, you mentioned something that stood out, which was uh, short-term rentals. You you mentioned Airbnb. So is that is that where your uh, focus is primarily as far as your um, like personal investing? You invest in short-term rental properties? Um, that is my personal retirement plan. Okay. <laughs> to um, have residual income. And so we do that through owning rental properties and short-term rentals, um, you know, using the platform airbnb.com, which is the best service, you know, my opinion, as far as being a host, um, it's 300% the the, ROI of a traditional long-term uh, investment. So if you have a piece of property, you know, like I have a house, for example, the one that you were looking at in Claremont, that mm-hmm. traditionally it could bring in about $13,000 at max a year, but I can bring in, you know, $26,000, double that as a short-term rental. Mm-hmm. So that has definitely been my focus since I started real estate, since I sold my home in um, fall of 2017. I turned around and bought that piece of property in Claremont because I knew that if I didn't take the money that I was going to profit from the sale of my house and reinvest it in something that was going to bring me, you know, a return that I was just going to spend the money and, you know, sure. blow my inheritance because <laughs> that was pretty much my inheritance for my family. Okay. Um, how I, how I received that money. So, you know, I'm able to do what I'm doing today because of something that gr- my grandmother did, you know, 30 years ago. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I looked at the money. Like I had to make it work for itself or I was going to lose it. And I was just going to be, you know, another idiot with money. Yeah, sure. Well, so that's really interesting is you, is you kind of give some of those numbers and, and, and statistics there. Um, when you, when you say, you know, uh, an Airbnb property can produce so much more, um, cash flow, Um, I, I mean, you, your numbers are just higher because the rental rates are higher, right? Like it's just, it costs more to rent for shorter periods of time. You can list 
um, bookings for uh, short-term rentals much higher than you would if somebody signed a, a year-long lease, which makes total sense. Um, right. But it also, you know, a lot of people, so you hear that and it sounds great, but a lot of people also will say, well, I don't want to do short-term rental because yes, it might be two or three times the income, but it's two or three times the amount of work or because um, it is, it's a lot more than just having somebody sign a lease and then, you know, changing some some uh, having some toilet issues over the year, whatever it may be. What have you found, uh, Sarah? Have you found that that's true? How intense has the hands-on-ness nature of a short-term rental been for you? I think that's a really, really, really important question for my investors out there and people that want to invest in real estate and can see the value in short-term rental, but they're you know scared and they're letting fear keep them at a long-term rental investment you know plan. Because here's the thing. If you have somebody like myself, you know, or another management company, or if you are taught, you know, to build the system so that it's a well-oiled machine, it's very easy. Mm. It, you know what I mean? As far as having a short-term rental, because you have to build, it's a business, but you have to build a team that you can trust and know that, you know, it's going to get done. It's going to be done efficiently and it's going to be done, you know, cost-effectively because on Airbnb.com and we're just going to, you know, to save face, remember that's just a scheduling platform. Sure. So on Airbnb, you know, dot com, they allow you to make your, you know, nightly rate, let's say seventy five dollars, and then you get to charge your cleaning fee. So really, your guest is giving you money and paying you to maintenance your property, mm-hmm. right? So on a long term rental, it's already a loss. Whenever you're doing, you know, say for example that Claremont home. It is a thousand dollars a month. Whenever there's times I've made thirty three hundred dollars a month on that property, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So for you to make maybe two percent more calls to that property a year, it's definitely worth the time. As far as you know, uh, the maintenance of it. So where I'm coming from and what I've been developing, because I have seen a hole in the market, is I have really created, you know, um, a consulting way to be a real estate agent but also a short-term rental consultant and that's why I took the position with Rolio um, you know so I can really help people to learn how to not be afraid or to hire the right people to help manage the short-term rentals so you can make that double income and know that you can manage it, manage it and get out of that mindset that you know it's too hard or it's too much you know inconvenience because it's really not whenever you come down to the money. Sure. Okay. So yeah. Above, yeah. You have to be above that mindset. We're also yeah. going to save that basic level investment. If you're trying to take it up a notch or two, that's where investment comes from. That's the risk, you know? So if mm. you're willing to take yourself out of your comfort zone, that's where you'll grow. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Um, it, and it, it, to me, I think probably the biggest concern someone would have of, oh man, that's so hands-on would be um, turning it over from um, uh, guest to guest. And what you're saying is we'll set up a system in place, make sure your margins are fat enough that you can um, uh, get somebody in there cleaning the property and still turn a profit. And you're, I mean, you even said with Airbnb, um, they essentially pay you to do that because they're providing you a cleaning fee. Um, so that's, that's interesting. And that's yeah. where I'm trying to show other people. And I've done that through, you know, being a real estate agent and helping people to say, you know, look, you know, you might be in a position where you have a mortgage that you're paying $2,500 a month because you're living, you know, in a $400,000 home. But if we turn around and we bought you another home for 300000 350 
And then you have a piece of that property that you can do this type of thing, like short-term rental or even long-term rental. And then now you go from 2,500 to now maybe out of pocket, you only have to do 500 to a thousand a month. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where you're, you're learning the, the ins and outs of investing and not living beyond your means or paying now so you can play later type thing. That's right. my, you know, I've been taught is to invest now. I mean, I'm young, I'm 34 and I know that I'm in my prime, right? Like, sure. I know I'm not getting younger. I know that the wrinkles are only going to keep coming. <laughs> and, you know, like the, the, the girls are coming and the guys are coming. And I'm only going to have more competition as I get older. And I know that my time is now. So you, you have to leverage your time. What is going to make me the most money in the most amount of time? I mean, I feel like even with our world and the crisis that it's at, you have to realize that time is your most valuable commodity. And mm-hmm. if you're not using it to your fullest, then you're not doing it right because, mm. you know, there's a time that's going to come whenever you're going to have to pay for your way. Yeah, that's re- that's really good perspective and um, and insight just in general. I think as we as we look, uh, let me let me ask you specifically as you're looking for a short term rental property because you're presenting a lot of that uh, the value propositions of uh, owning a short term rental um, really well. And so let's talk about um, what you look for specifically when you are looking to uh, invest in a home or maybe yeah you're looking for a client who wants to do the same. Um, and you're going to, the, the play of, for the play with it is short-term rental. What are you looking for specifically in a property like that? Um, that's different maybe from if you were looking to hold something long-term, is there any, is there any specific thing if somebody wants to, if they hear you talk, um, about these things and they've been doing some research on their own they say, yeah, short-term rental is also the play I want to, the approach I want to take. Um, how can they be looking for the right property? What things do they look out for? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so whenever it comes to short-term rental, the number one thing that you have to see is what is that land zoned for? You know, is that land okay. zoned for commercial? Is it zoned for residential? Is it zoned for, um, are you allowed to expand beyond just a normal um, single-family residence? Is it a condo? Is it a townhouse? You know, is there a homeowners association? You have to see who governs that land. For me, what is best, um, um, or like number one, is to have a property where you have zero HOA and you have free, you know, free reign to do whatever that you would like to do with that property. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you want to build your house and paint it purple and then have it stacked and then have all the colors of the rainbow with little sheds all around. Or maybe you want to have, you know, 10 Airbnbs on, you know, shipping containers. You can do that, but if you're on in a townhouse, there's so many ordinances, you know, and HOA uh, guidelines that you cannot do that. So you have to see what kind of prop you're at. Okay. You have to make sure that um, it is. So if you were traveling, you have to see from the point of view of the traveler. Would you feel safe there? Would you want to stay there? Would you bring your kids there? Would you bring your mom there? Do you think that you would feel comfortable cooking and cleaning there? You know, are you selling the right product to where, you know, you're servicing your clients, which is travelers and whatnot, with what they need to feel comfortable and safe? So that's really what you're doing. I mean, it's hospitality 101. And then that's how you get those return customers. And that's how you get that word of mouth. And then that's how, you know, before you know it, like I've had multiple people that have stayed in my Airbnbs that have become clients and they've become friends. And, you know, there's a couple that have actually become, you know, sort of family. 
So, you know, whenever you see your business, you know, as an extension of yourself, would you want your family to stay there? You know, and you're looking for a short-term rental, it's not always about money. You know, sometimes you're going to pay out more. You're going to pay out more for beds and, you know, towels and really good smell, you know, soap and lotion so that it's grade A, you know? So yeah. it's, a, it's an investment and, and it's worth it because you're going to get the money back. And what I have seen and from what I've, you know, helped people to create, they've gotten their money back fast plus some. Um, especially if you have good credit and you're able to put down a good down payment, you know, and you can get a loan and then the property essentially pays for itself. It's a no brainer. Sure. So whenever you're looking for a property, you know, you really have to make sure what it's zoned for. Is it single family? Is it condo, townhome, and that kind of thing? Do you have association, you know, guidelines? You can do Airbnb, it, you know, with places that have homeowner associations like Vacation Village and Claremont, um, because they are actually zoned for um, you know, short-term rentals is a mm -hmm. condo toe, C-O-N-D-O-T-E-L, you know? So whenever you go for financing, you have to have cash or you have to have a company that funds for that, or mm -hmm. you have places near Disney, like condo hotel, you know, C-O-N-D-O, you know, uh, space H-O-T-E-L. So these are different zoning laws that were set whenever the, the, you know, uh, community was built. Like prior, even to getting their their you know permits and their projection max for the the counties and the cities, you know they had to go through all of that. So that was pre-established. So that actually determines you know how that's bought, how, what kind of loan, you know how can that be rented? What are your rental guidelines? Mm -hmm. So that's why you have to make sure that you have a real estate agent that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, you have to have a clear you know uh, view of what your plans are. So, you know, if you have a company that's trying to invest or if you're a private investor or if you're trying to live there, or if you're trying to, you know, have long-term rental or short-term rental, you just have to make sure that you have the right agent and they can tell you all that data based on the needs of what you're planning to do with that property. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All that makes a lot of sense. Um, when you, uh, if, so let's say you've found the right property, um, you you made sure it was zoned right. You made sure it was the right fit um, for what you wanted to do with it, and then you listed on whatever service. You know, you've talked about Airbnb. I think that's what uh, most people use, or a lot of people use, depending, I guess, on your strategy. Um, and then, how do you get consistent bookings? Like, how do you get people coming in? You know, we're in uh, Central Florida, and like, you know, the capital of people coming to us for entertainment, right? Everybody comes in for the park. So, um, right. that probably happens a little more naturally here. Um, but for anybody else listening outside of this area or in Central Florida, how do you get bookings in? I mean, do you just list it and they come or do you market things, uh, off Airbnb or only on Airbnb? Airbnb? How does that, how does that look? So, we are in an era that we are so lucky to have amazing platforms like Airbnb.com or VRBO that if we put our listing up, they already automatically do so much marketing okay. and guide you, you know, with your pricing. And um, now they even offer um, you know, services for photographers to come out because, you know, anybody in real estate will tell you that your pictures and your videos nowadays is the most important marketing right. piece that you're going to have because real estate is sold is on, on the internet. Um, so, you know, you have to be able to have number one pictures that are nice. And then, I mean, obviously the space has to be clean. And it, again, it goes back to, you know, the space, it's the little details. Do you have all the towels that they need for the pool and for the bath? 
Do you have, you know, band-aids and triple antibiotics? Do you have, you know, a playroom and extra blankies for the kids? Do you have, you know, Disney Plus? That kind of thing. Like stuff that might cost us overall $30 a month, it's going to bring you return clients, you know, times 400%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at the details. It's all about hospitality um, and, you know, getting those, the reviews. So whenever you have the guests come in from the minute that you get the request, it's the customer service. It's the, it's the uh, almost concierge, I guess. Hi, thanks for booking with us. You're going to send Miss Smith, you know, an email or a message on Airbnb or VRBO, and you're going to be with them every step of the way, and you're going to hold their hand. Mm-hmm. You're going to say, hey, how's your stay going? Hey, thanks for checking out. Please let me know if you had any issues. That way, you talk to Miss Smith way before she gets to her moment of where she has to put her review. That's how sure. you're going to save your own ass is your customer service. Sure. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So that that's was... it. That's the golden rule. Treat people. I mean, would you want your family to stay in there if you went in there to take a shower and eat? Because I know I'm the biggest critic. If I stay somewhere and it's gross, I will tell you. But am I going to put that necessarily on your review? No. Right. Because I'm, you know, in a different frame of mind in that I'm more in like a coaching scenario and like a loving scenario rather than like hurting people online. <laughs> sure. Like I'm not that low, <laughs> you know, but that's it. So we are lucky because if you want to have an Airbnb or I mean, I'm sorry, if you want to have a short term rental and you want to listen on any of these sites, even like booking.com now, we have the ability to get such free exposure. You know, you have marketplace, you have so many places, especially in, in Florida. We are so lucky when it comes to real estate. Yeah. Like I probably have no idea what it's like to actually be in a space where you don't have continuous traffic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yep. So, I mean, I probably have, you know, I'm a little biased <laughs> probably, but you know, cause we constantly have traffic, but that's it. I mean, I remember when I first put my first, first Airbnb up, you know, in May, 2018, and I got my first booking within, I don't know, had it been hours. It was mm-hmm. so fast. And I'm like, this is going to be it. Because once you believe yourself and you see it and you do your market research and you know it's going to work in your area and you have a good agent, wink, wink, you know, that's going to help guide you through it. And you know your, you know your stuff, you know your data, and you make the plan, you do it, and you put it up there. You know, you build it, they will come. <laughs> and they yeah. do. Yeah. Did. You know, that's how I was able to make like, what, 24000 in one year off of a two-bedroom unit. Yeah, that's I, I bet that's a really cool feeling to to take a little bit of a leap of faith and being in, in a new space, but saying, no, I think this is going to work. I've done my research. I'm taking an educated uh, jump here and then to see it pay right. off. But that's really neat. And that's yeah. what investing is. That's exactly what investing is, like 101. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's yeah. it. What you got to do and you have to make a decision. You have to believe in your decision and you have to give yourself a timeline. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. You work on and you, you, know, you cut your losses. So... Yeah, you, you, you had mentioned something, Sarah, that I think is like really practical and might be really helpful for people listening. So let me dig into it a little bit more. You had said like, uh, make sure that you have towels for both the pool and the bath. Make sure you have uh, Disney Plus or whatever, Hulu, Netflix. Those are those are little things as far as your bottom line goes. Those are things that are pretty straightforward if you just think about it up front to put in place. But I can imagine our um, definitely they come back in multiples as far as reviews and repeat customers. Um, so you mentioned a couple of them, but can you go into maybe a few more? What are some key things that people be, can be considering if they're trying to get into short-term rentals that they, they want to really go above and beyond and do those little things? What can they do? Um, so number one, uh, I would have to say smells. So you have to okay. make sure that your space, it smells good. I mean, 
aromatherapy and even colors, you know, it really does play a role. Um, so you have to make sure that it smells good and then it's clean. Um, number two, the bed. Um, spend the extra money to get the good beds because, you know, no matter if somebody's running around and they love your cute little chair in the corner, whatever it is, if you do not spend the money on a good bed, you will see it in your reviews. You will hear it. I, yes, you have to spend the money on good beds. Um, and the great thing is they can deliver them to you in a little box and then you roll them out mm-hmm. and they're there and they are really comfortable. So, um, you know, smell beds and then also, you know, just the minor touches. Um, so what, one of my you know, big tips is to put offering breakfast because you have no idea. People just want to wake up in the morning and have some water or some juice and some oatmeal or, you know, some fruit and a candy bar or a, you know, a granola bar or whatnot, because they've just been running around and maybe they have to run to a meeting. So for you to have just little tidbits like that, maybe in the bathroom, you have some extra floss, or if it's a noisy street, um, you know, you have the um, earplugs by the bedside. Um, you know, maybe you just have four pillows per bed. So each person can have two pillows. Cause I'm one of those people that's a pillow person. So if you just give me one little cheap pillow, I'm going to be pissed. Um, you know what I mean? (laughs) So there's just those tiny things that has to smell good. It has to look good. You have to spend the money for it to be plush. You have to have good towels, good linens, good bed. You know, you just have to feel a little bit of luxury, even if you're in the middle of DC in somebody's basement. Um, and I've been there and I love traveling with Airbnb. And I also wanted to mention that like whenever you use these platforms like Airbnb, it's its own community. Um, so whenever it comes to long-term rentals, you deal with a lot of different stuff because people can present themselves as a good, clean human, you know, and then if they lose their job or something in two months after they sign your lease, you have no idea what's going to happen. Now you have to deal with this person for the next 10 months, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With short-term rental, it's a very, you know, simple thing. And with Airbnb, they already do all the forms for you, the legality you know, the insurance type thing, um, even though you have to have your own correct insurance on your property, especially if you're doing short-term rental, it is a tad bit more expensive, but you have to have it. Um, but you don't have to deal with what you deal with with long-term rental, okay? Because you have people in and out, and it's like an unspoken uh, community of respect. You And it's, it's a, you know, it's a system where you're, you're um, what is it? I mean, it's a, they give you stars or you have ratings. We have it too, a super host, you know, super host or host. And they actually took my super host this year because of the lack of activity. Because oh. they just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the only not one. Not the super host. Yep. They took my <laughs> super host, but I've been super host since I started. So it's been two and a half years. And they did it because of inactivity. Literally, yeah. I have the email. And there's a oh. bunch of people that have rallied around that. And, um, you know, just a lot of odd things have happened, but it's been a good growing experience. I personally do not want to deal with long-term rental. I do help a lot of my customers with that. Um, just this year I've done, I did two, um, evictions before March and that was people that actually deserved it. Hmm. Um, because they just were living in spots and not paying and disrespecting people. So whenever it's different with short-term rental, you make more money and you don't have to deal with more stuff. You, there's a, you know, a taboo, I guess, about that it's more work and this and that, but it, to me it's not. And it's better in the long run because at any time you can have access to the property and you can sell it or whatever you want to do with it. 
Sure. Yep. No, uh, that, that all makes sense for sure. There's a lot of good points there. Um, let me transition a little bit, uh, Sarah into different kind of, kind of question, um, that, uh, yeah, the, about you again, kind of, if you, um, a lot of people, again, I had mentioned that, that the podcast, uh, focuses a lot on, on, um, getting started in a new area of real estate, or if you've already been in real estate or just starting in general and just beginning to dig in and learning and you know maybe real estate for the rest of us pops up when you google like real estate investing like what the heck do i do um and if you were to be able to tell someone well here's what i did when i when i first started um here's what here was the most valuable thing that i did for my real estate education as i got started uh what what do you think that would be if not like the most valuable thing what was just something that you found really valuable as you uh learned and got involved in real estate um, I think it, the most valuable thing was being around people that were really doing it okay. and finding, you know, almost my tribe. Um, I was lucky enough to stumble across somebody. Um, his name was Mark Young and he was the one that I hired to sell my house to represent, um, my house to sell in September, 2017. And he was known as the 1% guy. So he was actually doing a listing. You know, in Florida, we're at 3% each side, um, you know, standard, unspoken standard, I guess you will, and real estate. He was doing listings at 1%. And then he was also giving 1% of his commission back to his buyers. So he was doing something that <laughs> most agents hated that he was doing. And he was doing it for a lot of different reasons. And he was making a lot of money. He was at over like 40, 50 transactions for his first year. Um, so that's a lot. <laughs> he also did mortgages before, you know, and had a, a long line or a history of investing and whatnot, you know, into real estate. So I, you know, automatically just from being around him, I, you know, I saw a different perspective. So whenever you're ready to learn something or you want to get into something, you have to go around people that are already doing it and already, you know, in it and you have to be quiet and listen. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's what I did. You know, I really just divulged as much information, education that I could from, uh, you know, YouTube and going to, you know, free education, you know, seminars and classes at title companies and mortgage brokers and, you know, uh, anybody and everybody in real estate, you know, are, is having a class at some point. Like it's a joke in real estate that like you could probably get a free meal every day of the week. <laughs> for you know, like a real estate event, like you know, and I used to think, oh, haha, but now I get it because really, there's always something going on. There's always a class going on. There's always a way to educate yourself, right? If it's either from your phone on YouTube or if you're live, you know, in downtown Orlando at the you know downtown commission, you know, club, learning about the you know the projection maps of Orange County. So you have to divulge, you know not divulge, but you have to dive, I don't think that's the wrong word, but I think you have to dive into your community. You have to see the land because the land is your real estate and that's what you're buying and that's what you're selling. Sure. So, I mean, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I, I hear again and again, uh, Sarah, on the show, you just have to surround yourself with the right people and you have to, right. um, you know, your point is surround yourself with people that are out there doing it. And and I, I totally resonate with that. I think that that's really strong advice and I hear it again and again on this show that um, that was people's most valuable thing that they did was to surround themselves uh, with the right people to get going. So that makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah, you have to listen. Yeah, you have to yep. listen because every deal or every transaction that you have, 
whenever it comes to real estate, whether it's, you know, just a residential deal or a commercial lease or commercial land deal, or, you know, maybe you're doing, um, you know, business, uh, you know, you, maybe you're selling a business. Who knows? Because in real estate, you have so many things you can do with your license. Um, mm -hmm. You just have to learn as you go. It's a really big hands-on, uh, you know, career. You can you go to get your license, and then whenever you come out, they don't teach you any real world stuff. They only teach you how to not get you know thrown in jail. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that's awesome. I'm very grateful for that. But they do not teach you how to write a contract. They don't teach you you know how to do reverse prospecting. They don't teach you how to you know download the labels, the mailing labels for that neighborhood. They don't teach you that kind of stuff. So you have to go out and you have to you know reach for that information. You have to teach yourself, and you have to want it. It's really something that you have to go and get not just yep. something that's going to come to you. Yep. Yep. I hear that. So, um, let's, uh, let me ask you also if you, so I've known you only for a little bit, Sarah, but, um, it was clear from the very beginning that you were someone that, uh, looks forward, that sets goals, that, um, is headed in a direction and headed there quickly. So this is a good question for you specifically. If, um, you were to look kind of one out one year out in the future, whether it be like a specific number of properties or this many transactions, whatever it might be, um, where do you see yourself in one year? Where do you, where do you want to be in your real estate journey? So interesting question. Let me just ponder this for a second. Um, so just to talk through it, I mean, my first investment with my business partner was in January of 2018. And we decided whenever I, you know, and my business partner has been in real estate for, I think, 15 years. So she's the, uh, she's the go-to in this field. I'm the newbie. I'm the green one. Uh, we decided that we would try to buy a property together every year. So 2018, we bought the Claremont property. In 2019, we bought the um, Sanford property. We're in 2020, which has been the wildest year of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and we hope to buy another property. So that'll make three properties. And then next year, it'll be four properties. So as far as investment goes, I hope to build um, enough um, properties and assets over the next five years. I'm almost 35. And when I'm 40, I would like to retire. And I would like to travel the world. My daughter will be 17, you know, in her senior year, and I'll be 40. So um, that's my plan. So next year, one year, I will own another property, and I'll be another step towards my goal of $10,000 residual income a year. That should put me at, after taxes, about $80,000, $90,000 a year of residual income. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really concrete plan. Um, that's cool. You guys have already, I mean, it's, it's easy to say, here's our goal, but you guys have already started executing it and you got one the first year, got another one the second year. That's really, really neat. Um, so We're out right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that. I definitely <laughs> hear that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so one last question for you. Um, if you, you know, you said about two and a half years ago or so you, you got started. So it hasn't been a ton of time, but I can imagine, you know, um, you've, you've moved quickly. So I can imagine you've learned a lot and you've seen a lot. So if you could go back two and a half years ago and you could tell that version of yourself, um, one thing that would save you the most trouble over the following two and a half years up until today, what would that, what would that thing be? I think it would be save every damn penny. Okay. Yeah. I think that um, I really believe in the pay now to play later. 
um, you know, really invest and we're young and we're dumb and we're broke. Um, and I can see my ignorance in my youth, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and whenever I just did my taxes for last year, you know, so I went everything with my accountant and I can see my money and where it goes and how much. And I go, wow, I probably could have owned another property, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think that to have enough discipline to stop the eating out, stop going out and drinking and spending, you know, six, seven dollars on a drink <laughs> and, you know, plus dinner and doing that four or five times a month because as real estate right. agents, we're very social creatures um, and, you know, just in any, any profession, you know, just going out and socializing that I love that, but it's not, it's a waste of money. So if I could go back two and a half years ago, I think that and been more disciplined with my money and even my time, I probably could have been at double what I'm at, even within two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Even no, that's small right. income, yeah. Even with the small income that I've had with the resources that I have, because I don't always have the money that I have resources and I have the know-how, I could have definitely probably owned another house or two. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Uh, I think- I think that's, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good perspective. Um, and it's something that I think a lot of people resonate with people. Um, it's, it's hard to be forward thinking. Um, even if you are looking to get started in real estate, it's hard to see how the spending that you, the spending habits you have now will affect, um, the eventual opportunity for growth in your, in your business. So I think that's really sound advice. Um, so Sarah, how can people, uh, get in touch with you, whether they, uh, need help with the property here in the area, or they just, uh, really liked what you had to say and, uh, want maybe some more clarification or hear more of your thoughts. How can they get in touch? Yeah, for sure. So, um, uh, you can find me online. Um, so my Facebook is agent Sarah farmer, so it's S A R A H F A R M E R. <laughs> and, um, I'm always open to text pretty much any hour of the day. That's four Oh seven. Eight six four 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 eight nine, or you can email me at agent a g e n t Sarah S A R A H Farmer F A R M E R at gmail dot com. Awesome, perfect, awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time today, Sarah. That was super valuable. Um, thanks so much for talking with me and, and walking through that. Yeah, for sure. And as I grow with Barolio and I really get to dig into, you know, having more tools to be able to help investors to see, you know, potentials in property um, or even changing their lifestyles. You know, a lot of people are, you know, just a couple or a single and they're living in large homes. They don't see their potential where, you know, that they're sitting in today. You know, so where they could sell what they have or maybe, you know, even make an Airbnb out of the property they have. So, you know, I, I really recommend anybody to reach out to me, um, mm-hmm. you know, send me a text you know, give me a call and email, send me an address, say, Hey, how much is this worth? You know, do you see this potentially as an investment or, Hey, I have, you know, 60,000 in the bank. You know, what can I, how can I turn this? I need to, you know, get married in two years and have X amount. I love playing with money. So anybody just reach out to me, let me know if I can help you out in any way and, you know, play with our money and save it. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Well, thanks for that, Sarah. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your night. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you guys enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. That actually helps a lot to get the podcast out there as people are looking for helpful real estate investing resources online. You can also like our Facebook page to keep up to date with new episodes as they publish. And don't forget to subscribe through whatever podcast player that you use. 
If you have questions about a specific topic that we covered, or if you have a suggestion about another area that you'd like to see me dig into, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out. I'd love to get in touch. You can email me at brandon at realestatefortherestofus.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. One show at a time, we'll work to make real estate investing accessible for the rest of us.